You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Welcome listeners to Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 127. I'm Steve Burnham, back again, and I'm back with Dennis and David, who I think you were... We did this last week, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. Hi, Steve. Only a week Hi, ago. Steve. Hi. Um, now, tax time is n- not just looming, it's almost on our doorstep, and uh, clients will be knocking on tax practitioners' doors very soon. Um, now, David and Dennis, you were talking about what gets the tax man's attention at tax time, and I found that very interesting. So I'll... Do I not wear my gold-plated Adidas and walk down the street in front of the ATO's office, or what's no, my best plan? That's certainly not a good idea, Steve. As much <laughs> as it suits you, I wouldn't do it. Um, yeah, the ATO uh, have got nine key areas, I suppose, is the way of putting it, for things they look out for yep. that might attract their attention. Uh, just to run through them quickly would be uh, the tax or economic performance is not comparable to similar businesses. Yeah, for example, the um, cost of goods sold for a production company not tallying with the benchmark figure that the ATO has for other businesses of a similar... That brings a benchmark factor in, so they do have benchmarks, don't they? Yes, they do. Okay. Uh, Low transparency of tax affairs is another one. So what does that mean? What's the low transparency of... Well, you know... The first thing that comes to mind usually is the use of uh, tax havens, but it's not necessarily um, the case. Uh, for instance, um, uh, the use of nominees to hold assets and uh, the use of uh, sort of trust structures, a chain of trust structures to actually conceal the real beneficiaries of uh, income or assets, that's... So it's still and playing it, little tricks like parting things behind and mirrors. structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. a bit of a smoke and mirrors exercise. Uh, right. And the legal, I mean, the entities can can aid in um, in achieving that. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. Well, what else flags your attention? I say the, that ties in with the next one, which yeah. is large or one-off unusual transactions oh, or yeah. wealth being shifted yeah. in a creative way <laughs> is, uh, also attracts our attention, as does... Uh, having a history of being aggressive with your tax planning. As they say, you know, a leopard never changes their spots. So if you've done it once, yep, you will be, you will be on their watch list. Right. Yeah, exactly. With, with the actual risk profiling of taxpayers by, by the ATO, each taxpayer falls into a certain risk uh, quadrant, mm-hmm. and the approach to that taxpayer is, is dictated... Um, to a large extent, so by the quadrant in which the taxpayer falls, and that quadrant relates to risk associated okay. with that taxpayer. They are very risky taxpayers, you know, some those somewhere in the middle and the low low risk ta- taxpayers. Right. Okay. Is, is that information available though? To um, yeah, it is. It is contained in well, the information about a particular taxpayer is is not. I no, mean, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that to be available straight away. Um, unless you're trying to get something on a, under the freedom of information, right. but it's not available for you on a portal. But the ATO has all this. Yeah, the, yeah, the ATO has, has uh, all the risk profiling. So essentially uh, the um, broad characteristics, as David put, are the commercial transactions or arrangements or the economic climate um, as such. I mean, the uh, economic crisis uh, several years ago uh, presented itself with um, um, sort of brought about several risks, tax risks Mm. that the ATO was on the watch out for. And um, the particular 
sort of areas where the risks manifest themselves are um, as follows. So the first one I think we should touch is uh, capital gains and losses um, in, in saying that uh, the um, arrangements to which ATO is likely to scrutinize more is where a capital loss is artificially triggered in a year where, where the entity has a capital gain. Uh -huh. So we're, we're looking not only at some wash arrangements where you sell and buy shares within a short period of time. We're also look, we're looking at a bit more complex um, sort of transactions as well where assets might be just uh, sold to, to related parties and, you know, and trigger, trigger a loss right. in a holding entity. So... Um, another area is that um, the uh, um, the taxpayer may may not actually be entitled to deduct a loss. So we're talking about companies. There are small business and uh, sorry, same business and uh, continuity of ownership tests um, to be met by the companies to deduct actually capital losses. So that's something that. Uh, in the area of capital gains and losses the ATO is looking for. And mm -hmm. as I said before, I mean, during the um, financial crisis, the, um, that, was the, uh, that was more sort of topical area because a lot right. of companies actually made incurred, in, made a loss, and yeah. so they tried to make that, turn that loss into revenue loss. Uh, okay. So but would it be fair to say, or was that stretching it too far, that a small business trying to use up a loss um, might get a little bit more scrutiny, if that's the case. I mean, in, in every every attempted claim, or well, ordinarily that's ordinarily for small businesses that would not be the case. But if there is something else present in the transactions or disclosures, such as um, you know, f unusually large amount or or large amount of gains offset by this almost the same amount of losses that certainly might um, yeah. uh, bring more attention from okay. the ATO. But it doesn't even have to be something that highbrow no. to trigger the um, ATO's attention with uh, capital gains tax. For example, if you have one figure on your income tax return in the uh, capital gains section yep. and something completely different in the supporting CGT schedule, oh. alarm bells will ring straight away. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's just a case of being very careful with everything okay. you do. Yeah. The ATO looks at small things on the returns like this all the time. Um, back in practice, I, I've had uh, individuals who have overclaimed for what their turnover is. Oh, yeah. For example, they could just be a simple journalist earning you know, a small amount, mm. but their motor vehicle expenses are very high, almost oh. half of their income. Oh, right. I mean, that doesn't make sense. No, no And that will come to the ATO's attention. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how they pick these things up, I think. But of course, it's the, they are the experts and they've got a lot of data at their fingertips. So I yep. suppose it's not that surprising. It's the way the world's going, isn't yeah. it, Steve, with the data sharing? Yeah. And especially with automation of this, I mean, we're, we're probably never going to get the algorithms of how the systems actually uh, check the income tax returns. But I think one thing we can be certain of is yep. that, that there are system, systematic checks of figures and if there are any sort of significant differences or cri yeah, yeah. critical ratios are triggered, the, um, it comes uh, to the notice of actual uh, of, of people in the ATO. Of the ATO offices. Yeah. But, but then again, I mean, we are all 
we're just humans. I mean, our clients and us practitioners are, are all human. We do make mistakes. I mean, what if something is found out to be incorrect? What's the process? Well, um, when we're talking about um, small businesses and individual taxpayers, um, apart from very sort of simple um, income tax returns for individuals, the general amendment period is four years. Right. So you, everybody actually has a, a period of four years to um, to correct their past returns. Small business, four years, and yeah. individuals, yes, with investment income and rental properties, something a bit more than wages and salary okay. would be four years. Right. And then you can amend within that four years your prior returns. You can do you can do amendments more than once to a single return. Okay. Let's say if you didn't get the correction right the first time. Yeah. But then um, uh, other areas which um, ATO sort of, um, I guess, um, coming forward with to people who um, who want to f fix their tax affairs is that if, um, if there is any penalty and the taxpayer actually makes um, a voluntary disclosure, oh, yeah. then the um, in the law, actually, there is a provision to reduce the penalty for misleading or any other incorrect disclosures. So there is a proved form to notify ATO voluntarily about yep. a wrong disclosure. And if, if this uh, notification is done before the ATO starts any audit, then the penalties can be um, uh, reduced by 80%. So oh, right. yeah. um, it's fairly significant reduction. It's worth doing. It is definitely worth doing, mm -hmm. and it also is relevant for taxpayers who, who are outside the amendment period. So it might be a six years, it might be a tax return six years ago, which is not really, um, which cannot be amended. And from from practice, I know that ATO is not very eager to um, allow amendments out of time. So even even there, if there was a mistake or misleading fact the ATO may not necessarily allow an amendment of a return. Right. So just to manage the risks, uh, it might be advisable to actually make a voluntary disclosure and at least uh, use the reduction of penalty as a mitigating... So, uh, so even if it's after four years, they'll still look at reducing the penalties? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. So voluntary disclosures are, don't have a time limit on them at all. Okay. Yeah. And another thing um, to note here is that sometimes taxpayers are... Um, are find themselves in a situation where they made they made a genuine mistake in a prior year return. Yep. But then the, they're outside of their review period. Let's say if it was five years ago, a lot of people find um, themselves that they should have actually uh, had a loss five years ago, or their income for income averaging purposes was lower than it was and they're they're sort of at a loss what to do because uh, on a face of it it seems like that loss or any other attribute is lost however mm -hmm. there is a there is a very old ruling or well, fairly old at the ato it's taxation ruling it 234 which is a handy handy number really yeah. but essentially it says look if you're outside of your amendment period and you should have had for instance a loss in that income tax return you can use this loss um, in a later year. You know, the fact that you cannot amend a return because you're out of time doesn't actually deny you um, the 
availability of that loss or of or of a lower income for income average. Okay, that's good to know. So you still can make use of it. Yeah, you still can make right. use of it, even even if if um, um, if it wasn't. I mean, even even if it's not reflected in that very old return that mm. you can't amend. Yeah. Okay. And but is there penalties involved with doing any of that? I mean, is that still coming? No, up? no. It's it's uh, there are no penalties here because um, if if it was a sort of genuine mistake somewhere, or even uh, if the taxpayer forgot or for some other reason did not claim a deduction, so yeah. there is really no tax shortfall. Right. Okay. Because as we know, I mean, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. The penalties are going up, so um, it's yeah, it's good to keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, going up from the, I think what Ju- July one isn't it? Yep, to two ten. Two ten yep. per unit. Yep. And um, correct. I'll, I'll I'll try to find the podcast that we talked about this, but uh, uh, penalties are based on the number of units. It seems for different misdemeanors. Correct. Yep. And it's multiplied accordingly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's something to, to watch out for. Yeah, definitely. There are penalties based on different units, and when it comes to tax assessment, the shortfall of tax uh, oh, that yeah. is tax that would have been paid on a correct statement, yep. the penalty actually is based on, based on that amount. It can be you know, 25% of that amount, half or even 75 depending right. on the seriousness of conduct. Yeah, yeah. So it can run into a fair amount of money. if it's Yeah, it can, can amount to quite a large sum. If it's let go, yeah. All right. So um, what to watch out for? What the tax man is watching for, sorry. It's... Uh, it's, it's good to know and uh, keep ourselves on the right side of things, uh, of course, is the, the best plan, but uh, you can't always do that. It's good to know there's, there are alternatives and that the tax ban is a little bit flexible on this. All right. Well, look, um, practitioners are encouraged to actually have a look at areas that attract ATO's attention. Mm-hmm. It's, it's available on the ATO website. I mean, there are changes from year to year, but the general, general themes sort of remain constant. Yep. I don't know whether fortunate or not <laughs> through, <laughs> through the years. That's right. So keep it on the ATO website for all that and uh, keep listening to the uh, Tax Wrap podcast. Okay. Thanks, Dennis. And thanks, David, once again. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week.